0: Hi, everyone. It's Dr. Denise. This is the Dr. Denise show, and this is the Creative Minds series. And I am so grateful to have Dr.
1: Denise Berger to kick off the new year. Hi, how are you? Hi, Dr. Denise, and happy new year to everyone.
0: Oh, my goodness. So happy new year. I'm really excited. I feel like 2022 was a really Nice. We've had quite a few shows that we've talked, and now I'm so honored to have you back just to kind of hear about what is new in 2023 for the Aliki brand.
1: Well, thank you, Dr. Denise. You are always so gracious about having me on as a guest and, and uh, giving us this space to, to have this conversation. Thank you. Oh, you're Um,
0: welcome. I'm excited to hear
1: and catch up. Yeah, I have amped up my um, knowledge and expertise of leadership development and organizational effectiveness and have launched or expanded the Aleki brand into Aleki Consulting. I've been thinking about this for a while, and um, I've officially launched Aleki Consulting. And um, what that means is that I am officially um, focusing and amping up or amplifying my skills at uh, doing strategic planning for organizations, both for profit and nonprofit, as well as coaching. And the coaching I do is both one on one as well as in um, these small groups, like there are accountability circles. Um, to just elevate people's resiliency, their mental acuity, um, help them ground themselves in their purpose, which is a key construct in in being an authentic leader. And by the way, when I use the word leader, I have an asterisk next to that that says, if you have a pulse, you can be a leader. So (laughs) everyone...
0: Oh, my goodness. I love your kind of edgy bottom line approach. Um, <laughs> it sort of grabs people's attention. So I really appreciate that. And one thing that I think is really important as to why I think of you and the way I do is, you know, your background, you have swam in different oceans, you've worked in corporate America, you have been teaching on the graduate school level now for nine years, correct?
1: Almost, Yep yeah, and
0: you also have a business, a, a very uh, a business that's near and dear to my heart, the Aliki yeah. designs. And so I think integrating and reinventing, when I think being at the beginning of the new year for all of us, it's like, what are my core values? What does get me excited? What does inspire me? And I was very um, I don't know, I was doing a little r and d before I had you on today. Because I have not worked in corporate America, mm. you have. Mm-hmm. And when I look at the across the globe, whether it's in the United States or around the world, I you know I'm familiar with being at institutions like UCLA, Emory University. So when I was in residency and fellowship, that kind of more corporate or institutional mindset. that I was a part of, I knew for my unique uh, neuro style as a doctor, and that's a word that's new as of like since 2016, but now going traveling back to 2001, I remember thinking, and bear with me because this is going to lead into leaky consulting. Yeah, I remember thinking, who do I want to be when I grow up? Where do I want to work? And then I try to do that throughout all the different decades. And at that moment of now, way back when I think about it, I remember thinking I did not want to be in an organization, in a hospital, in an institution where I didn't have the freedom to practice medicine in a unique way where maybe you would go extra time with patients or you would call or you would... So my own ethics and core values were very personalized from the very beginning. And in R&D for meeting with you today and thinking about how to be relevant with what the world's facing, you know, there's talks about recession and what's going on and all the different layoffs. I joined um, a really very interesting and eye-opening group last week on LinkedIn spontaneously. And it was with all these like leaders in corporate America and people that had one foot in corporate America and one foot out. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of I noticed the, the milieu environment was very competitive, mm-hmm. very warrior-like, very survival of the fittest. And I'm wondering in the different oceans you've swam in, how that relates to how you're feeling right now about the business world and how you feel like you can offer things to people that want to work
1: with you. You know it's funny I feel like the business world as we enter 2023 is a, is a little bit um uh multiple personality because on the one hand you still have a very large driver that is based on competition and actually that is societal in America we are um among the, we're the highest country in the world for for individualism, which drives competitiveness. The highest in the world, we rank according to the Hofstede Insights, which analyzes culture across the country, across the globe. United States is highest for individualism. And what that means is that we are highly competitive. We put ourselves ahead of the collective were achievement-oriented at the expense, possibly, of like a more holistic view of what success looks like. So we've got those drivers still at play in in the corporate arena. I mean, the fact that um, airlines will Gouge you so that, you know, to if you want to pick a seat on an airline, you have to pay extra now. Whereas, you know, two years ago or four years ago or five years ago, you didn't have to. That's all driven by competitive Wall Street quarterly earnings, you know, get as much money as possible, maybe at the expense of caring about your customer. On the other hand, we have this culture that's growing and it is very quickly growing around purpose, the purpose-driven economy. And that is, you know, which a, a company that is looking at the more holistic view of how to do business, they want to be driven by purpose. Their unique value proposition has purpose in it. As well as the more, you know, um, how do we differentiate ourselves in the market by our by our services and our products? Um, and and I, I give a lot of credit to the B Corp um, and B Lab business for driving that. Um, I think also overseas, like if a company, a foreign company, can, can you pause and tell I, me yeah. through the B
0: Corp and just tell me, give me, yeah, universe, what that is.
1: Yeah, B Corp is an organization um, that started a few years ago, and they have a system for vetting companies um, along the triple or even quadruple bottom line, which is that the company is prioritizing, in addition to their profits—that's the one P—they are they are prioritizing people. You know how they interface with the community, how they treat their employees um, the planet, how they are, um, fueling environmental sustainability, and then their purpose that they have strong central values that guide their decision-making.
0: So I have a question for you when I hear this, and I'd love to get the link to this. I, I like, if I, a little bell, I should have a little bell. Ding, 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 ding. Right. When I heard the very, one of their first core values about, relationships, one of my other action items of 2023, I'm going to be doing a show in the next two weeks on reverent relationships, hope and in mindful ingestion You know, of media. So when I think about a corporate ethos, because I know that your dissertation is in corporate social responsibility, I love that humanity is trying to gear towards more humanistic relationships for I think is tricky in any institution, whether it be in medicine, business, and you're trying to have change when there's the infrastructure of the United States. And I know there's international listeners listening, um, is so individualistic, like, you know, me, me, me. I think it takes, I think it takes decades to change a corporate ethos, unless you have a very innovative leader. And then how do you actually implement the change? I mean, on a corporate level, that is tricky. And I, I know I'm just sort of thinking out loud, but it's nice to have these core values, but who can implement them?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, I believe that there's a couple factors that, that are necessary. Number one, um, an organization that, and the leaders in the organization need to have clarity on their vision, mission, and values, that they, that they aren't some words that are sitting on a shelf collecting dust, that they are actually meaningful to how the organization is run. And then I really have seen in corporate America that it comes down to the not the top level of leadership that may be on board with those values, but the next level down, and I call it the leadership metronome, is the next level of leadership really setting the tempo and the beat across the organization. Because the next level down from the top are the, are the implementers, right? And I've been in situations where the implementers are um, not on board with what senior leadership wants to do in terms of inclusion and belonging or in terms of social responsibility, and they will undermine. Oh, my
0: goodness. I can't believe you just said that.
1: I was listening to
0: your words, and I was absolutely thinking the – the undermine situation. What happens in a corporation? I've had that happen where people say one thing, but then behind closed doors, there's not the integrity of
1: communication,
0: action and implementation.
1: Exactly, yes, yeah.
0: So well, lack, I just think this is very important as we're starting the new year and thinking about what's new in your own Aliki brand, and then yeah. what's new for all of us in our homes, what's new for us in our business mind. I think having your own unique, your own individual, you, Dr. Denise Berger, all of us out there having our own mission statement for ourselves, for our family, and then what we want to attract in business. And I think I, I'm going to give you a specific example that I want to run by you because mm-hmm. I work with a lot of high net worth and very successful people in my practice. So I hear what goes on in corporate America in different ways. Yeah, And for instance, what you just talked about, what's the name of that tier that's right underneath leadership
1: that you just said? Well, I call it what it's, it's the next level of leadership. It's really like high level management, but they are the leadership metronome because they're setting the beat and the tempo throughout the organization of what gets implemented and what is genuine and what is authentic and what isn't.
0: Okay. So now I want to make this practical. This is just coming to me in real time. Cause I wanted to honor your intentionality with a leaky consulting. Mm. So for instance, I have someone um, that I know is like in their, let's just say thirties. I'm not going to say who they are. And they're sort of, they had a really good run with one company, but then they were asking themselves the question at this age, in this time in my life, do I respect the leaders and how far can I grow in this company? And I actually am the one, believe it or not, I don't think you even know this, I have these discussions with a lot of people where I have them say, what's the mission statement? What's your skill set? Do you Mm -hmm. want to stay here for three months, six months, nine months? And can you shift your attitude to still be positive, even though you can't stand them? Yeah. So this is a very important point, this whole idea of undermining, because there are times when anyone's been at a corporation, worked at a hospital where you're actually just done. It's time to give, you can't really give the two weeks because you need to Sustain an income, mm-hmm. but how can you even maintain a more neutral to okay attitude when you're in a corporate environment you don't want to be in? Or how do you come into a new one that maybe has that kind of rant, 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 negative attitude and you're the one that's supposed to implement the change? Now, boy, did I ask you a power pact. <laughs> this is
1: like its own master class that we could talk about all year long. Well, first of all, I mean, you know, we, we talk about intentional decision making, right? So, you have made you you're an example of intentional decision making where you had a fork in the road and you could have gone into a hospital and worked or you or or not, and you chose not because it didn't honor what your unique style for delivering, um, you know, the service that you deliver is. Um, now not everyone has the ability to have choice. So I don't want to minimize that. Um, And so sometimes it is about working in an environment. I call it dancing with the devil. Um, And, (laughs) and, um, by the part- way quotes
0: of the talk if you're if you're you have a pulse you can be a leader and if you have to sometimes work with people that they aren't vibrating where you're at dance with the devil for a little bit okay keep
1: going <laughs> I need a fiddle. I need a fiddle right now um, <laughs> yeah. um so then in 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 both cases actually I think it's really important that people, individuals do a lot of work um, on themselves to A, know what their integrity hot buttons are, like know what their no-fly zones are. You can't have too many because because you do have to have nuance and you do have to be agile and adaptable to different environments, but know what your no-fly zones are. And then also do the internal work, to strengthen your own resolve and resiliency towards life's imperfections, right? Like you like to say, we live on planet Earth, and you know, planet Earth is it can be Armageddon. And- well, as
0: I like to say, we're on the Earth ride. At times yes. it can feel like Armageddon, and at times it can be our own playground. But even in the midst of an Armageddon day, how do we have like moments of joy for good self-care? So I'm going to let you kind of go from the corporate head and like a leaky consulting. But I have to tell you, I'm on the front lines, um, you know, doing media and doing hosting shows and meeting incredible people like yourself. But then in my day, like I have someone that I'm looking forward to talking with this week that might be, you know, new job, new excitement, new, and like, what does that look like? So I help them almost get in this positive mindset to be in their own highest self, so that they can perform to the level that we're hoping to perform.
1: Yes, and my coaching um, side of Aliki Consulting does exactly that too. Um, I am a, P- a PQ trained coach. PQ stands for Positive Intelligence, and it is a program designed exactly to um, help one be very grounded in who they are, and also pract- you know, put one in the most positive. Um, headspace possible um, so that they are resilient, they are they can be tenacious, but in, in a good way, in a positive way, right like for for social good, not tenacious where they like step on everybody. Can um, I can
0: I give you a compliment so that yes. people
1: understand the magnitude of
0: your devotion to this? I feel like your decision to leave corporate America, and then your passion, which we've discussed in other shows of mm-hmm. uh, corporate social responsibility back in the 80s, um, it was you were working at Aon, correct? Yes, correct. And just at that time, your younger self mm-hmm. was like, wait, wait, how can we have inclusion? How can we discuss race, gender, all of this? And I feel like not only do you have the experience of um, witnessing the different decades of change in corporate America... But then I believe you working with graduate level students and hearing their realities and their perceptions growing up in more of the electronic world and social media, TikTok, the way people use business, I feel like you have a unique skill set that can bridge the generations because sometimes people might make an assumption like, oh, who's this Dr. Denise Berger? Oh, and people are going to profile us based on how we look. And also what age we are. But I think it's also very important, everyone, no matter what kind of corporation or um, what age you are, is to be open minded to unique perspectives and unique ways that people get their information every day. Because I think it really influences your individual health, health and also who you are in a corporation.
1: Yeah. I mean, thank you so much, first of all, for for saying that. I, I really appreciate it because ageism is a real thing. And I think it's such a missed opportunity for our society to not capitalize on people who can continue to work Past sixty five, which is technically the retirement age. Remember, the retirement age used to be fifty five. Like ah, (laughs) and um, we we're living longer, and we want to be using our minds for longer. And and there's a there's there are a lot of people with a lot to offer as bridges and as sages into what's ahead next. You know, I am very technologically savvy, like. Uh I mean I I'm not I, I I'm digitally literate. But if you looked at me on a resume, you would be like, oh, she's middle-aged, she probably doesn't know what she's doing. I've been on TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, I've marketed myself on all of those. I'm I have a business on Shopify. I've designed four different websites for myself and other organizations that I've been consulting with. Um why the, by the way, I love
0: that. So yeah. for everyone listening, I want to put you in the hot seat a little bit. Is that okay? Or do you want to finish up that thought? Because it's kind of like, wh- like what's next for a leaky consulting? That's but I think, hmm, lay it on me, put me in the okay. hot seat. So, okay. <laughs> what are some of the, in this 2023 with a leaky consulting, what are like the top kind of tier? Visions you have for the people, like who would be some of the ideal candidates to pick up the phone or email you to work with you?
1: Mm, I love working with people who um, really want to reach their full potential. And when I say full potential, I don't mean just, you know, financial, um, although that is a component because we live on planet Earth, um, as you like to say. But really who who are like who who want to get to the next level and who aren't quite sure what you know what is the next step for them. And I love for organizations doing vision, mission, and values work. And here's why. I think sometimes organizations think it's fluff. I see it completely differently. I think it is the foundation for every and all strategy as well as like marketing. Um, and so a lot and, and evaluation. So I've worked with a couple organizations and they'll pull me in and they say, I have a problem with, um, you know, uh, my employees are unhappy or I don't know how to evaluate my, uh, if I'm, if I'm having the desired outcomes I want. And inevitably the conversation will go back to, well, how do you know what you're evaluating if you don't have your a vision, mission, and values properly laid out, especially for an organization that is outcomes driven? How do you know what your outcomes are if you don't know what your vision is? So it's all connected and it starts with a very solid vision, mission, and values. So I love doing that work as well. So um, when
0: someone comes to work with you, and also let's say you're not able to work with Dr. Denise Berger, What are some of the tips you give people? Because I I love what you just said about um, the vision mission and the word I wrote down was viewing yourself and the organization you want to engage in. Like You're an individual universe and then you've got all these other human beings that are universes. And I look at getting really clear with that vision and mission. Sometimes you need to do a multidimensional, multisensory perspective. That's why I include different things I do with social media, color. So when someone's coming to you and maybe they haven't written it down or they don't have the newest update of goals, how do you engage someone in that process of excitement and inspiration?
1: Yeah, I think it, it really starts with discovery. You know, there's a con- there's a theory called not a theory, a framework called appreciative inquiry, and it can be applied to individuals as well as um, organizations. And the whole uh, process is based on positive psychology, which is a thing. Um, positive psychology um, is all about like what puts you in a state of flow when you're in flow, you're in the most positive mindset and that really opens up your your possibilities thinking and sometimes when we're not in possibilities thinking we're really closed off to what is what is po- what is possible really so what i like to do is really do a qualitative possibilities discovery analysis and analysis is a really bad word to use in this case, because it really is getting very personal um, with an individual, getting very clear and getting very authentic. I think sometimes people have been conditioned in our society to hide who they are authentically because they think they need to fit into this or they need to fit into that. Or we've all been programmed. We've all been programmed to be, you know, a hyperachiever, a stickler, a controller when in fact, if you get really down and dirty with someone and really look, you know, help help them look into their their soul and um, and who they are, they will say, oh, I really, w- I, I just went through this with a client actually, who works in a corporate job. But, you know, when I was asking her questions, it came out like she really wants to work with high school kids. And, and, and I said to her, I'm like, well, why are you not Exploring nonprofit work, at least on a volunteer basis, and it hadn't occurred to her to like augment her time, you know, with that work. So um, it's not a cookie cutter approach, though. It's very iterative and it's very um, individual for each person. I love your words, and I'm going to
0: go around. Okay, so what I love about Dr. Denise Berger is I love your data-driven, your examples. We just talked about flow state and being authentic. But being authentic also means showing up and communicating on days when maybe you're having a day that's not your thrive day. It might just be your stable day or it might be your crisis day. And I think I want to express gratitude for the way I know you because I feel like we have an authentic communication like today. I like to do shows, you know, I've had people where they've had emergencies, or maybe it's a rainy day, or maybe their kid uh, needs to get dropped off somewhere, or they have a health issue. And for me, when you're doing media, just like when you're designing one of your bracelets, we have Mm. to remember that right in this moment of now, how are we nurturing our individual needs before Mm. we interact with one another? That allows us the state of peace of mind to be in flow state, and part mm-hmm. of showing up authentic is actually being okay sometimes with not being okay. That it doesn't. Because so for me, I was looking at what what was working on this LinkedIn talk last week, and it really what was what worked for the talk was it was like battling the recession was the talk, and it was all these corporate. And you know, in reality, there is the reality Earth situation where a lot of people are. Mm-hmm feeling stressed with providing food, shelter, and clothing. So I think part of being authentic is looking at how do I provide for my family? How do I take care of myself? And then what do I do that's also giving me that joy? Because even when we're in sometimes a crisis mode or a tough day, there's simple things we can do that don't require money that give us joy. So I feel like in talking about flow state, and everything, I feel like this; these are all important variables. And I'm wondering if in your coaching practice for Leaky Consulting and who you are also in the teaching realm, is a big part of your neurostyle of who you are as a Leaky Consultant, businesswoman, and a doctor in corporate social responsibility dissertation, do you integrate the vulnerable side of who you are and give some stories of your toughest times, maybe in corporate America or something that happened that was a miscommunication to help lift someone up when they're going through a tough time?
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. 100%. I'm so glad you shared that. First of all, I also want to lean in for a second on what you said. Like there's little things that we can do to find joy every day. And so what, you know, when I'm not having a great day, I really love my morning cup of coffee, you know, like I really love my afternoon cup of coffee. Like I really hyper um, extend myself into those moments to amplify them. Whereas on another day when things are going fine, I'll probably just like go through those moments without really thinking about them. Right. But on a day when I need to find joy, like I, I really focus on those micro moments. Um, and then in terms of um, being vulnerable with my class, that is my, for or with anyone, like in my coaching practice, absolutely. I am an open book. I is share- there, By the I- way,
0: is there one story you'd like to share today that's a vulnerable crisis stabilization thrive Dr. Denise Berger moment? to let people know just a little window into how you handle that and some of your tools. And I mean, I'm not asking you to name names
1: or anything, but is there any share that you'd like to give us? Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, I mean, there are so many, let me think for a second, which one I want to pick. Okay. Let me be grace, like
0: very thoughtful and hit (laughs) pause for one minute to give you that time. I'm going to hit pause and we'll unhit it. okay hi hi did you, okay did you get that minute i gave her a little minute everyone because i didn't know it was gonna you would hear the music
1: do go ahead yeah well it's so funny because when you ask me the question i'm like gosh which example do i give i have so many um <laughs> over the about a year ago i left a a a, a gig a teaching gig <clears throat> um because um, I didn't feel like it was a collaborative environment. And collaboration is really, really important to me. Um, I, I Not only do I prefer being in a collaborative situation, but I also believe that in order for all of us to succeed going forward as a society, we need collaboration, like the, the days of People sitting in individual desks, getting individual grades, getting into school and doing their individual work and then coming out of, you know, school and going in and working individually at their cubicles are over. Like the the, the level of innovation that we need today is is beyond any other era of our time and collaboration is the only thing that is going to help us be innovative to meet the needs of tomorrow. So I felt that this environment was not collaborative. I, it was, it was a very you know, mind-
0: by the way, I just want to do a mindful before yeah. when I asked you that question, my process is I also, I actually dropped into my awareness that that could be what you talk about. So I, it's really interesting. I just wanted to say, everyone, when you do have an energy connection with someone, whether they're your friend, colleague, or someone, when you ask a question, if you have this heart-centered energy and care for someone, sometimes you might know what they're talking about. And what I want to say, when you just said collaboration, I remember, because you and I had, we don't need to talk names or institutions, yeah. you called me, the thing that was the most striking, that seemed that was upsetting... To you mm-hmm. was that the whole title and the whole everything about what you were supposed to be doing with that gig had yeah. to do with inclusion yeah. and with open mindedness and everyone having a voice. Yes. And so what's really hard is when there this is broadening out to our audience, when you're in either a nonprofit, a profit working, teaching, doing, and they have this like mission statement or vision statement. And then they're not they're doing the opposite of it. They're actually excluding. To yeah. me, that is a trigger for myself <laughs> yeah. and maybe a lot of people that are gonna work with
1: you. Well, it's not being authentic and it's not being in integrity, right? Um, it's it's just being superficial. Um, but I so how I, did you how did you how did you without
0: going to specifics, just to give some tips and tools? So number one, when did you first like in the moment of realizing this doesn't feel right, but then looking at the reality, because people might be at a corporation or working somewhere and they have what I would call as an integrity violation. So when yeah. people go in and they're working in corporate situation, there's an integrity violation, but you just can't leave right away because you need to gracefully either finish off something or give your notice or figure out when how to leave where you can't but, leave correct so can we right. just go that's the reality of a lot of people you can help empower because you had yeah. to take some steps to to get to a new level correct yes
1: yes so um so i actually dove in deeper into the work that i was doing elsewhere um to combat what i was experiencing and so for someone in a corporation who doesn't have the luxury of leaving their job you know the the good thing about a corporation is that it's big, and you can find pockets like I call them little um, corporate oases, um, pockets where there is integrity, where there is that the ethos that you're looking for. Um, so I'll give you an example when I was working in corporate America. There were a lot of places in our organization that were just that old, traditional, old fashioned, old boys club kind of ways of working. And the area that I worked in was different, partly because of the people that I worked with and partly because I could drive it there as well. Um, and so I would also say, be, own, own your space and this is what I help people work on, how do you own your space, right? So rather than being a victim of your space, how do you own the space? We all have a space, we're occupying our space, and then we all have a periphery boundary, right? Like um, an invisible boundary. How do you own that space? Do you move over to work in a different department that you see has the values you want? Do you do, um, you know, all this work to build up your uh, compassion, your empathy. What I like to do actually when I'm not in a great headspace or when I'm not in an ideal situation is I lean into doing service for others. I think being in service of others is the greatest uplifter for an individual. Um, Okay, wait, I have to just pause because... Sometimes things
0: are so important, we don't want to dilute. Yeah. What you just said is so crucial. When you said own your space, I was looking at your mindset and your linear language and your ability to take us through like the linears, go to a different department, lean into service. I like to talk about your sacred space, and that's your mind, and that's what you're talking about. So when you're leading with integrity to yourself, your own in into yourself. Than that you and I've had many shows last year, and we're going to continue on in and in, in, which is in investment, in te- intentional integrity. But you're talking about when someone, when you were having your unique, I'll say crisis. I like to talk about crisis stabilization, thrive.
1: Well, you it, leaned in. because I had to leave an organization that I didn't that I had a lot of hope for, and um, and it wasn't panning out, and. Luckily, being you know being an adjunct professor it, it doesn't pay the bills, so <laughs> it's, it wasn't a situation where uh, you know the finances were there. But still, can I
0: can I just can I just say that you said own your space, and so then I want to relate that to the word sacred space that I like to use, yeah. and then you're talking about your individual health and well being that you, in order to have your own individual happiness and holistic health, when you're in an environment that wasn't working, you Mm -hmm. leaned into service to others and other things you were doing. So then I just wrote down your own soul, by the way, I'm just like relating it to my universe Mm -hmm. and like then the corporate soul or the corporate ethos. So what I'm hearing is that in a real situation for you, you you were hanging in there and doing that work for a bit but you had an awareness that it was taking a lot of energy away from your joy and Mm -hmm. you needed to reinvest your time and then come up with a strategy. And I feel like that's a a big part of your unique gifts because you've traveled in many different environments and you also can relate to all the generations. So keep going. So how did you kind of lean lean into the service to others last year? And then how are we going to find you this year? (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the the key that what I offer to people is helping them narrow the gap between the cultural ethos that we have versus our versus our soul. So I help narrow that gap because often that gap is wide and it can be very upsetting. Right. So if you're in a very competitive dynamic, but you are an authentic soul who wants to be driven by your purpose and who wants to give back to society and everything. How do you narrow that gap? That's what we, that's what I work on with my clients. I love
0: that. Now, before we wrap up, are there any other <clears throat> parting kind of summaries of what we've discussed today? Cause we've, we've covered a lot that you'd like to leave everyone with. I mean, we, I think, which one of the big, big themes of today was how do you get in your own individual flow state within a corporate uh, corporate environment? Yeah. And do you want to just give any like tips and tools if highlights
1: from today? Yeah, I would say two things. Number one, this isn't a static um, situation where I could throw out there to you and to your audience, hey, if you do steps one, two, and three, you're going to be you know you're going to be in alignment you're going to have that that um uh that that perfect union that perfect energy state right it's it's not that simple i recognize that it is a journey in fact it's a lifelong journey <laughs> um, absolutely it, it doesn't end and the other thing i will say is there are many forms of meditation and meditation does Help you with your mindset, and I learned that kicking and screaming into it. Um, I was one of those naysayers around meditation. Now, I, I, abs- it is absolutely central to what I do, and that really was born over the past year for me. Um, and so, though I believe, oh my
0: goodness, can I just say something? I feel like I just want you to know, everyone. I did not pay her to say this. So my, my, one of my first three shows of 2023 was with Michelle Pascal, who I have the honor of going to his um, event this week and his whole, everything he does is about how do we calm our mind? Yeah. And he and I did a show that was like a meditation myth busters that started the new year that yeah. life can be the meditation. Like you, when I heard how yes. important you're getting your coffee is, or I know your walk,
1: it feels yeah. like you
0: really leaned in to figure out your own unique form of meditation in yeah. your own way to calm your mind, because your own life can become the meditation. It's really just being in this moment of now and accepting all your feeling states.
1: 100%. And, and there's so many different ways to to be to practice mindfulness that I'm, I'm excited to bring that to people. Um, because ultimately, you know, yes, we have the outside world. We have the outside dynamics that weigh on us. Um, You know, there's tension or there can be a lot of joy. But in either case, and in both cases, how we interpret the world is unique to ourselves. And we can make up a lot of stuff in our heads. And so it really is both, both owning the space you have externally but also owning the space you're occupying internally and what is, what is the dialogue you're telling yourself and how are you controlling that and managing that so that you can show up as the best person?
0: Yay. Okay. Well, thank you. I'm really excited that we ended on that note. Cause that to me is like exciting. It's like, for me, that's the golden thread of all of 2023. So yay. Okay. So, Dr. Denise Berger, where can everyone find you? And I know you go by Dr. D, but let mm-hmm. everyone know where they can find you on social media. I'm going to put a link to your press release. Let us know how we can find you and how people can work with you.
1: Yes, I'm at alikiconsulting.com. Uh, on Instagram, I'm consulting On LinkedIn, It's um, you can find me through Denise Berger, EDD, or Consulting. And um, as for the jewelry, it's a Um, And I'm really trying to marry some of the positive intentions that have been infused in every design I make. That was one of the key things in, in building a business around um, jewelry was positive intentions. I'm trying to marry that into the leadership lessons that I um, have with clients um, So, okay, I'm
0: smiling. I know what our next show is going to be, but okay, everyone stay tuned. We are going to next show do a deeper dive on that intentionality, what you just said, with a leaky designs and a leaky consulting. Um, Anything else?
1: I think that's it. I'm just excited to work with people and organizations so that they can realize their full potential. I really enjoy i'm having a blast and i'm feeling fulfilled when i see other people reach their full potential and that's what i love about teaching at the graduate level too because i teach people from the ages of 22 to 60 years old and and it's possible across all the ages
0: yay okay everyone happy new year and we'll be back i'm my intentionality is to have dr d on regularly And sending all of you love wherever you are on the planet. Okay, take care. Thanks, Dr. D. So
1: much, Dr. Denise.
0: Thank you.